Coming up next, the booking <laughs> reads, Brandon? No, we don't read. Maybe. No, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. We're watching, baby. And what are we watching, Brandon? Murder on the Orient Express. Murder on the Orient Express. And we'll be murdering what, Jake? Our taste in movies. That's <laughs> 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 to be found out. And your humble and obedient host joining you for yet another episode. Fun fact about me, I woke up at 7 a.m. this morning. I went to church because we are, well, we're not actually recording this on the Sabbath because it's now, it's midnight. Midnight on the year of birth huh. of one. No, we'll get to that in a second. First, let me introduce our normal cast of characters. Day, I think, would be. What? What? Nothing the ever. day. It's not really the year of my birth. <laughs> that would have been 1988. <laughs> if you hear a small squealing baby. Um, all right, this is Nathan Oppers and your humble little media host. Welcoming you to the bookening, or should we call it the watchening today, fellas? Because oh, that's a should. good one. Makes <laughs> us the watchmen. Yeah. And who watches this? No one. It's a podcast. That's who right. listens? Nobody ever asked that about the watchmen? Um, nope. Folks. Enough dilly-dallying. What are we, close reads? No, this is the bookening. We get right to the point on the bookening. Post Close Reads, a podcast you can listen to uh, on the Circe Institute of Podcasts, available wherever fine podcasts are downloadable. They gave us a nice shout-out on our their Murder on the Orient Express episode. They've got the David Kearns and Angela Lansbury, or whatever her name is. <laughs> They've got the... Uh, <laughs> Tim McGraw, I don't know. And they, 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 what they like to do on that podcast. See, what we do is we don't, I mean, we don't read closely, right? No, never. <laughs> the book that in question that we're going to kind of be discussing today, I've never even read. <laughs> I read about two pages and then I realized it wasn't for me. But close reads, what they do is they read closely. So if you listen to just one book podcast, well, I'm going to say listen to the booking. If you listen to two book podcasts, if you listen to two Christian book podcasts, though, I'm going to say close reads. How do you hmm. feel about that, Brandon Chastine, scholar who's baller reading? Sounds like a good idea. How are you, Brandon? I'm doing great, Nathan. Hey, How are you? The, welcome to the bookening. Good to be here. Or the watchening, That's right. as we might call it. Brandon? Yeah. Do you know who is to your left right now? You. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> and I was getting my directions. <laughs> what I actually meant was, do you know who's... who's I think that might be Jacob Menzel. Jacob Menzel? Pastor Jacob Menzel? He's a pastor. He's a master of reading. There he is, folks. Uh, he's Jacob Menzel. He's a pastor of me. He's wearing the flannel. He's wearing the jeans. He's got the watch. Flannel? It's no, flannel. it's not flannel. It's, uh, what do you call that design? Plaid. Um, you might call it like a tricolored gingham. A tricolored gingham, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, now, Brandon, we've got you. Yep. Jake, we've got you. Yeah. Now... That pretty good lineup right there. That's like a booking like, standard, a booking classic. It's the old, almost the bomb. Almost the bomb. And that reminds me of another person yeah. who has appeared on our podcast before. Yeah. Ooh. She, I believe, is called Dubstep Danny. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It was what she went by. She specifically requested <laughs> we refer to her as that. Given the subject matter on which we embark today, fellas, wouldn't it be interesting? old dubstep herself was to be on the podcast that'd be very interesting yeah that'd be great i cannot tell a lie the woman in question the mom who's a bomb of reading returning champion danny m herself that 
very female is here right now in the room with us as we speak. Hey, welcome to the booketing, Danny. Thanks, Nathan. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Danny was on the booketing. She's uh, the only returning guest that's back. Or return? Or no. Yeah, you're the yeah. only returning guest that's back. <laughs> um, what I meant to say is you're the only returning guest that is allowed back. Wow, thanks. Andrew Henry, obviously, garbage. No one liked those episodes. <laughs> Lucas, nobody wants to hear, cares about the Democratic Republic of Congo. It's not even democratic as far as I'm concerned. Stephen Baker? Stephen Baker, a zero. <laughs> um, <laughs> But you, my favorite guest star of all time, we had some fun together, right? I was hopped up on pain med- uh, uh, pain I was hopped up on cold pain meds. medication, cold medications. Jake and Brandon, obviously, I mean, they're not bringing much to the table. Right. Um, well. uh, you helped me. We got through it. We recorded some great episodes. We talked about the great Agatha Christie, Dame Agatha herself. The great Agatha Christie, Dame Agatha herself. Kind of like Dame Judy Dench. Kind of like Dame Judy <laughs> Dench. And that brings us to the subject of today's podcast, folks. Now, what happened today? This weekend, a movie came out. I'll tell you what movie it was. It was the third grossingest movie of all um, time. Of all, <laughs> not of all time, of this weekend. What took the weekend, you ask? Well, it was Thor Ragnarok. It made like $56 million. Did I read that on Box Office Mojo this afternoon? Yes, that's what I do with my time, folks. And after that... Daddy's Legs 2 or something like that. What? It's got Mel Gibson. Daddy tried. I think, I don't know. Daddy's Home. Daddy's Home. Yeah. How do you know that? Because I looked it up on Box Office Mojo. No. I wanted to see whether Murder on the Orient Express made any money, and the fact is that it did. I, yep, I believe it. Almost $30 million. Wow. The critics didn't like it. Mm-mm. The audience that I saw it with, I'm not sure what they thought about it. Danny, um, for people that haven't listened to the other episodes, do you okay. think that they should listen to those episodes? Uh, the Murder on the Orient Express. The Murder on the Orient Express episodes. I I think that they are enlightening. Name your top five favorite episodes of the Booking. <laughs> Name your top three favorite people that regularly appear on the Booking in order of in order how much you like them. Oh wow. Um, Eric and Catherine. <laughs> the lovebirds. <laughs> the lovebirds. Yeah. So good. All right, that's two. Birds. You just have one more every time. Um, Mr. X. Mr. X. Mysterious Mr. X. <laughs> Mysterious Mr. X. Yes. Mr. X. He goes by Professor X now. He got his, Oh, does he? He got his degree. I don't know. Oh, he actually, he said, hey, can you call me Professor X? Is he, just is just he keep a, the checks coming, is buddy. He strange <laughs> desire? <laughs> no, he, he likes the booking. He, he has to go by a pseudonym. And when people ask to give, go by pseudonyms, Danny, you know what I do? You do it. I refer to them as pseudonyms. That's why I call you Dubstep Danny. Did you know that up until, like, the end of our recording, mm-hmm. I was thinking of step team, not dubstep. What's step team? You know, like with the step and clap and do yeah, like stuff. I, I still don't know what dubstep like st- is. It's you sang it last time. It was pretty good. Da, wah, wah, uh, uh, dubstep Still don't know what it is. <laughs> Everyone's dancing. Electronica. <laughs> I'm going to say I know what it is. All right. <laughs> Good call. I can keep going. <laughs> we do have fun on the booking, folks, and even more fun today because we've got the great Danny McNeely here, one of our favorites, returning champion, Danny McNeely. And a fun fact about Danny... She'll cry if she wants to because it's her birthday. <laughs> hey, happy it's birthday, true. Danny. Thanks. And the booking, we'd be remiss if we didn't sing you a birthday song. Oh, oh I was really expecting you would. <laughs> really. Well, I always strive to uh, meet expectations. Meet expectations. That's right. Jake, go ahead. 
Uh, I had nothing. Are there any famous songs with Danny's in them? Don't do that. Oh, um, Danny boy. Oh, Danny boy. <laughs> the pipes, the pipes rock. Call. Can I tell you how famous my, my church Danny. growing up would sing Happy Birthday? Yes. Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday? Happy mm-hmm. Birthday, why? It's just, it's all, it's just it's the end of it. Were you know, they cause... all collectively having strokes <laughs> while they sang Happy Birthday to you? <laughs> this should be the watching in right now so we're going to see my face. <laughs> if she's if you can't see her face folks i'll describe it for you she's nodding profusely false false <laughs> our favorite catchphrase that came out of that episode false jake says it all the time on uh, many fine po- and i'm always happy when he does i feel like it's a little tribute to one of our favorite guest stars the great danny mcneely married to alex mcneely the great alex mcneely it's true would it surprise you danny to know that the great alex mcneely your very self-same beloved husband is sitting right behind you. That would not surprise me. Wouldn't it? Because we rode here together. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How's that? It was an enjoyable trip. Yeah, it was nice. Oh, that's good. You know who else, Jake, would it surprise you? I've got a little surprise for you. Oh? In addition, this must be a day of for love. Mm. Because Danny, she's obviously in love with Alex. He's sitting right behind her. Sitting catty corner to you. Your beloved wife... She's wearing the, the Tim Burton pants. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> that Tim Burton looking pants. Tim Burton would really like those pants. Uh, That's actually kind of accurate. Yeah, no, I think we can all agree. They're cuter. Yeah, I can't see the pants. There's a woman that's wearing pants that Tim Burton would like. <laughs> and that's not a sentence that I often think to myself, but sometimes <laughs> she's made me think that sentence. Um, they've, got, they've got black uh, vertical stripes for those of you listening at home. Your wife, Amanda K. Mansell. I actually was surprised that she was over there. <laughs> she was over there. Yeah, I thought she might be in bed. <laughs> she wouldn't go to bed. She gets to hear, listen to the magic. She gets to listen to the sausage be made at the sausage factory. <laughs> Nobody oh. wants to know how the sausage <laughs> is made at the sausage Crayons. factory. It's Crayons, really Nathan. Pretty depressing until I edit it. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Folks, we've got the great Danny McNeely here. And you might be wondering, probably, if you're here, you're, you're like, well, they don't usually have Danny McNeely on, the great, as great as she is. She's not usually on the program. Whatever could bring her to set her vocal cords upon the bookening microphone and release <laughs> oxygen through her windpipe, windpipe and uh, form her tongue and her lips into various syllables in order to discuss things with oh, an old... Uh, with a plum. An old son of a sea biscuit like myself or like Brandon or like Jake. Danny? Yes. What brings you? What, why, why have you darkened our doorstep, Danny? That's nice. Nice alliteration. Thank you. Um, I just happened to be at the same movie theater as you guys. You went to a movie theater. Now, mm-hmm. this is a book podcast. Where are you reading a book? Movie tickets cost too much money to go read a book at the movie theater. Were you seeing Thor Ragnarok? I was, see- I was seeing a film based upon a novel. Okay, Jake, mm-hmm. now you're a pretty savvy guy. You've got the little gray cells. What movie do you think that the great... Dubstep Danny herself, the mom who's a bomb of reading, was seeing with us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. What just happened there? Sometimes. Oh, fun fact about Jake. Um, that reminds me. Sorry, I will let the listener in on my thought process here because I was about to make a jump, but I will let you make the j- leap with me, dear listener. Okay, so what happened was I burped right there. <laughs> There's no other spin to put on it. Brandon and I burped. 
I don't know what to say, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed. That was some, some gas coming up through my vocal cords. We talked about the great Danny McNeely's vocal cords. My vocal cords, some gas came through them and it expressed itself through the old windpipe into the mouth and then out through into I, the microphone. That, yeah. That's uh, not anatomically correct. Is that not anatomically correct? No, no unless <laughs> your esophagus and your windpipe are one, it should es- be a problem. Fun fact about my esophagus and my windpipe. They're one. <laughs> it Expl- explains a lot. <laughs> Does it explain a lot? No, actually, no. <laughs> explain? explain major health problems. <laughs> no, but what that brings us to, and the great Amanda K. Uh, Mensel sitting over there, she'll testify to this. No, yes, yes, yes. You both have K in your middle name. Yes. Yes, that's right. Good job. Um, so... <laughs> Jake, Jake. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Um, so you, uh, when when Jake has a pop can, he gets a can of the old. What do you call the pop, Danny? Um, I usually call it pop, but my husband calls it soda. Your husband calls it soda. Your husband. So I've been leaning towards soda. I think that's what a good wife will do. Um, it's Coke. Coke. You call it Coke? Yeah, Coke. Like you'd be like, "Do you want a Coke, Nathan?" And then I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll have a Sprite." Yep, like that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> how i grew up <laughs> um so when jake he, he when jake has himself as brandon would call it a coke but what the rest of us call a soda what he does before he's opened it right yeah he taps the top of said soda can i, used to, I used to do that and uh, the great alex mcneely over there the husband of the great danny mcneely he is giving a thumbs up to this now jake explain to us why you would tap the top of a soda thing well it's supposed to uh Keep it from exploding on you. Has it ever kept it from exploding on you? I would never know. I've never had a cocaine explode on me whenever Ooh. I've tapped. So clearly it's worked every time. My assumption is that, yeah. It's I submit to you, time. sir, that your evidence is based upon a false correlation. It's possible. Pig. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's always sad when someone says it's possible and then doesn't add pig. <laughs> Folks, I know this is your favorite part, but we really should do donor shout outs. <laughs> I love donor shoutouts. You love, okay, folks, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. We're going to talk about the Murder on the Orient Express movie um, today. Someday. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We started yesterday and it's already today. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> ah, whatever. The you great can... mystery is if I'll be still 29 when we finish this episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ouch. Uh, shots fired. Much like in the great uh, Agatha Christie's Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> well, not really there shots were fired. No shots that, fired. Oh, I feel shots like fired. Well, in the movie. Yeah, yeah. in the movie. In <laughs> the movie. Like, and they the, almost wrestled produces. off of a train. The film, Kenny, the film. Exi- All right, folks, uh, enough nonsense. We got to do donor shout outs. So let's do it. Brandon, you ready to shout it out? Let's do this. Danny, you well, help they're, they're, Brandon they're. shout it out? I would love to help. We've never had a female help shout. Do- uh, let me start that again. <laughs> We've never had a f- female. I can't. I don't know Should how to do it with a Belgian do, do accent. I, yes, I think. Oh, uh, I don't know if I can do a Belgian the accent. Professor X. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you know Simple. what? You can do it however you want, Brandon. You you will you will all get you will get your opportunity, Brandon. I'll I'll do Brandon, and then I'll have you do one. And I'll okay, Brandon. Okay. Brandon. Okay, folks, this is for. By the way, if you want to be donor shout out, all what you do is you go to the patreon.com forward slash the booking. You sign up for the ten buck a month or more level, and we will shout you out on the podcast. There's also that one time that we shouted out one guy who gives us one dollar because I am a fickle creator of this universe. <laughs> but usually, you have to pay ten dollars in order to get the shout out. No one else that pays one dollar will ever get a shout out. It was a one time thing. Brendan Chastine, are you ready? Are there kids sleeping? There are kids sleeping, but okay, whatever. Yeah, whatever, man. Whatever. 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 <laughs> Life is short. Yeah, that's what the great Amanda K. Menzel, she's over there. She likes to take care of kids. She'll she'll handle it. We'll do a moderate shout-out. A moderate shout-out. Belgians can't shout. Belgians can't shout. All right. Uh, first, I'd like to shout-out the great... 
Benjamin T. What do you suppose the T stands for, Jake? I'm uh, guessing Tiberius. That's, That's what I was going to guess. I was going to guess Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon sucks. Okay. Uh, Timothy, or, uh, Benjamin Tiberius. I can't, oh, sorry. I can't do that with a Belgian accent. Benjamin <laughs> Tiberius. Benjamin Tiberius. Yeah, Timothy. Okay. Uh, next, we've got my beloved mother, Beth. Beth Albertson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brandon, I'll let you do Eric and Catherine, the lovebirds. Eric and Catherine. Me, Catherine. More birds. <laughs> Did you feel the uh, European there? Now, this is a new shout-out, Danny, so I want you to do an extra special good job on this one, okay. please. Okay. This is uh, for our new friends, our new booking pals, Jay and Katie from Madison, Wisconsin. Jay and Katie from Madison, Wisconsin! Yeah! The Lovebirds. I don't know. They need a nickname. What should we call Jay and Katie from... I'm going to get... What, what, can, what can we... Here, Jake's got the little gray cells. What can we divine about Jay and Katie from Madison, Wisconsin, based on their names and their location? They're cold. They're cold. They like cheese. They like cheese. All right, so I'm going to have to ask you to redo that. Jay and Katie from Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> the cold, cheese-loving... Cheeseheads. Just call them cheeseheads. She called people from Wisconsin. The cold-hearted cheeseheads. <laughs> no, no, they're not cold. <laughs> they're not cold-hearted. <laughs> no, they give us money. That's true. Um, all right. Jay and Katie from Madison, Wisconsin. I don't know. Danny, it's up to you to incorporate their coldness and their cheesiness into a great donor shout-out for our new friends, Jay and Katie from Madison, Wisconsin. You can do it in three, two, one, Go! Jay and Katie from Madison, Wisconsin, who are cold and love cheese. Yay! <laughs> I guess that's that's their appellation from now on. And uh, now we've got John and Jill, the other lovebirds, and Max. John and Jill, the other lovebirds, and Max. I, you, this is you are in for a treat, Danny. I'm so excited. Give me five. Happy birthday! Thanks. Um, birthday treat for you. You get to do our pal. Professor X, a nice mysterious one for Professor X, please. Professor X. Professor X, a nice, uh, uh, you sounded like, uh, uh, Hercules. Yeah. I was channeling Ratatouille for that. Very nice. Uh, he's a French rat. He makes, he makes a good, uh, dish. He beats the critics at their own game. Just Mm -hmm. like we're going to find out whether Kenny B's Murder on the Orient Express beats the critics at their own game. Uh, Brandon, we've got a new one here. Interesting name this female has. Maya. Maya. (laughs) (laughs) Maya. (laughs) I think we need one more. Maya. (laughs) Maya. (laughs) Maya. Maya. All right, and uh, the person who is, uh, I reiterate yet again for the listener who may wonder, not me, Nathan. Nathan! <laughs> and of course, Brandon, uh, you uh, can finish it up with our uh, the old... Uh, uh, oh, Rhonda uh, and Robert. Rhonda and Robert, the lovebirds. Rhonda and Robert, the lovebirds. Mon mère et mes pères. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, thanks for listening to Donor Shoutouts. Now, today what we're going to do, we're going to talk about, there's this movie. It's called The Murder on the Orient Express. Remove the article from the top of that. It's called Murder on the Orient Express. And this thing, star-studded, right, Jake? Oh, yeah. It's got the Kenny B. It's got the Daisy R. Who else has it got? The Judy Judy Dent? The the Shelly F. The Judy uh, D. Michelle Pfeiffer start with a P? 
The Shelly P. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Who else we got? The Penelope C. The, pe- yeah. Oh, yeah. the, penny, the penny C. The Penny C. The Penny C. Joshy G. Will D. The Joshy G. The Will D. Willie D. Maybe my favorite character from the whole thing, which isn't saying much for the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Kenny B. He had a genuine yeah, second of pathos, there. and I do mean a so second. What? He started uh, there. Oh, you started with Kenny B. Oh, yeah, Kenny B. Did we name everybody in this jo- thing? Johnny D. Did you name Johnny D.? Johnny oh, D. Yeah. Johnny oh, okay. D. Oh yeah, no, Johnny D, the great Johnny D. Uh, uh, Derek J. <laughs> Derek J. He's in a lot of Kenny B's movies. Kenny B first saw Hamlet performed by Derek J. And he Fun loved fact. him. And he uh, kind of, and I think Derek J actually was kind of a mentor to Kenny B. And then Kenny B, is my understanding, he cast him in his all his movies. He had him play uh, the uncle in Hamlet, the great uh, Kenny B's adaptation of Billy S.'s Hamlet. That concludes uh, what's that episode second? one. <laughs> that concludes <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right, folks, today what we did, we watched the movie. Uh, it stars Kenneth Branagh. It was directed by Kenneth Branagh. It was written by some guy who may or may not be a good writer. That's one of the things we'll find out. If you've listened to our, our episodes on the, 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 the novel, A Murder on the Orient Express, you know that we were joined by Danny M, and we talked about it for three whole episodes. Uh, fine time was had by all. So now we brought Danny M back, and she's going to talk to us on her birthday, the one birthday wish she made when she blew out the candles. She said to herself, I hope I get to talk about the murder on the Orient Express with uh, Nady A and Jake E. M and Brandy uh, <laughs> Brandy C. Brandy C. <laughs> Easy. Um, C for Carlisle, I think. And we, the booking. C for Carlisle. Brandy Carlisle. Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> yep. We're in the business of making wishes come true. Murder on the Orient Express. We're going to talk about the movie. We just saw it on opening weekend because that's how hip we are. We see all the movies. There's an airplane. Baggage check. Brandon, did you like the novel? Remind us. I did like the novel. Jake, did you like the novel? Yeah. Danny, did you like that novel? Yeah. Nathan. Did you like that novel? Nope. He didn't read it. <laughs> Danny, did Nathan like the novel? No. No. I tried to. Nathan was a quitter. Nathan was a quitter. <laughs> I was a quitter. I did not read that novel. I don't regret it. Life was short. Nagatha Christie, she can't write that well. That's right. I said it. I think I'm especially bitter because I read Gilead for the book. And I'm not even, I wasn't even all on it. That makes two of us. But yeah. That are bitter about reading Gilead for the bookening. Yeah. I wasn't on that one either. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the great mysterious key uh, on that episode. Everyone's oh, favorite character. <laughs> uh, no one else here is bitter either. Uh, Danny, uh, so and now have you seen any other movie adaptations of Murder on the Orient Express? I have. I've seen uh, one from the seventies with Charles Finney. It's got the Albert uh, P. F. Albert Finney. Albert F. Sean K. Or no, Sean C. Uh, Anthony oh, P. Yeah. Lauren B. Star-studded lineup there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I s- saw that and also I've seen the David Suchet. The David Suchet. Which was from 2000s? 20... Yeah, mid-2000s. Oh, it's, it's, it's more recent, I think, actually. And I'll ask you for your ranking Ten. later. Okay. But give, give me your basic thoughts on the Albert Finney version. You call it the Charles Finney version, by the way, which I, is pretty funny. I, I don't even know. <laughs> Charles <laughs> Finney. He's like a, he was like a preacher, it's right? Full of yeah, he's an That's awful, funny. wicked preacher. Um, Cards on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired in your face, Charles Finney. That's right. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about Charles Finney. We're here to talk about Albert Finney, the great interpreter yeah. of uh, Poirot. Well, my opinion on that one, I think, is related to this one as so well. We should, we should save it. We'll save it. Yeah, it's a general observation about trying to put this book into a movie. Okay. That's difficult. Can you give us any of your thoughts on the David S. version, David Suchet, the BBC version? Um, or does it all just have to wait until we unleash our 
thoughts upon that? No, I think the David Suchet is, it's it's pretty... not heavy. I don't know. Is heavy the right word? It's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. It's heavier than Finney. Uh, definitely made a, a more lighthearted film. Yeah. You know, besides, you them besides there being murder. Finney lightest, Kenny B middle, and then Suchet would be the darkest? Probably. I've never seen David Suchet. I'll do my baggage next. I've never seen David Suchet. I understand it's quite dark. I understand that mostly based on what Brandon told me on the booking episode, which you can listen to now on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are downloadable. I have seen the Albert Finney and I really liked it, but it's been like a decade since I've seen it. I remember it's quite star-studded. I remember it has lots of fun actors from that era. If you didn't know my amazing acronyms, it's got the Sean Connery, it's got the Anthony Perkins, it's got Lauren Bacall. Who plays the... Uh, oh, uh, Ingrid Bergman? Ingrid Bergman, yeah. That's right. And who plays the... It does have Lauren Bacall, right? Yeah, it does. And who plays... Uh, Mary Debonet in that version. Surely there's got some uh, Mary young Debenham? thing from that day. I don't remember who it some is. Some young lady. Me neither. But she's probably a star because everybody's a star in that thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you got that one. And I, I really remember liking that one. But I haven't seen it for a long time. Jake, what versions of Murder on the Orient Express have you seen, my friend? It's just the one we saw tonight. Just the one we saw tonight. Your favorite of all <laughs> It's my cinema. It's my favorite version of Murder on the Orient Express of all sim- cinema, yeah, that I've seen. That you've seen. Yeah. Also my least favorite. We'll, have to use, we'll use our little gray cells to come back to that one, folks, and figure out what it means. Brandon, what versions of Murder on the Orient Express have you seen? All three of them. All three of them. That's right. It's been a while since I've seen the Albert Finney one, but I remember it as being light and fun. Kind of fun, like a bunch of Hollywood stars get together and ham it up a little bit and yeah. have some fun. I'm not going to rank them right now either. All right, we'll save that till the very end. The Suchet, the Suchet one is dark, and I think it's dark because it actually tries to deal with the moral issue. The moral quandary. More than these others do. Which if you really Which, want to hear that moral quandary dealt with, you should probably listen to our episode on it, because we dealt with the moral quandary on uh, that It's quite a moral quandary. It's quite the moral quandary. And she doesn't deal make... with really in the book at all. She doesn't. He tr- they try to with the Suchet version. They try to with this movie, too, and... Succeed beyond our wildest <laughs> expectations. Oh, boy. <laughs> Folks, I don't think we're going to be able to. I think we just have to say what we think about the movie. There's no dancing around it. Ladies first. Was this your favorite? Danny? What, uh, yes. Was this your favorite movie you've ever seen in your entire life? And you're going to dress like a different character no. every day until you die? Nope. Nope. Jake? No. I'm. I may try out that mustache. Let me try out that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that you could. True or false, you could grow that mustache if you wanted to. I don't know. True or false, Kenny B could grow that mustache if you wanted to. I'm not even sure about that. I'm going to say false. I'm going to throw some shade at Kenny B. Kenny B stands for Kenneth Branoff. You're a moron, by the way. Brandon? I could not grow that mustache. <laughs> that was my question. <laughs> for the record, I could not either. You could have the great Danny Just M. put it on the record. That's for the Danny. record, if any of us could, it would be me. However, <laughs> if any of us is, has the manly virility necessary to grow that mustache, it would be the great pastor who's a master of reading himself. Jacob Mensel, guys, what did you guys think about this movie? boy go ahead well there's the question what do you think of it as a movie and mm. what do you think of it as an adaptation of agatha christie's murder yeah. the express which i think are possibly two, two different questions two different questions not for me i don't care about it as an adaptation of the murder on the Orient <laughs> express insofar as it is an adaptation of the murder on the Orient express i'd say it's better because murder on the orient express takes six hours to read the movie took two hours to watch just two less hours than i would have uh, I Wait, think oh, no. I'd rather see no, the I'm book. Four, four, four fewer hours. It's not the mathening. It's the bookening. Um, I'd rather read the book again. You'd rather read the book again oh, yeah. than see the movie. Yes. Brennan, are you going to stake your claim as a hater? 
Not a hater. I felt like I was eating a really bland pile of mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> On a train yeah. in the cold. Which would be better than... Nothing. Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> no, I was going to come up with something awful to eat. Oh, would be better Like worms. Than, you weren't eating worms. It would be better than stepping twice in a pile of... Dung. Cow manure or whatever it was. Probably horses. Yeah, yeah or horse camels. Manure. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, there's a part where Kenny, Kenneth Branagh, he steps twice in a pile of cow manure. One might argue that he steps a third time in the manure movie. manure of life. The manure of the movie that he made. Uh, so, Brandon, you're a hater, or you're an indifferenter. You're a mashed potatoes guy. There were parts that were, it was, some of it was really nice to look at. Mm-hmm. He yeah. knows yeah. cinematography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the shots were really beautiful. Or he knows how to pay a cinematographer to cinematograph yeah, him. Some aspects of his version of Poirot are more likable than Suchet's mm-hmm. version, but it's yep. not Hercule Poirot. When it comes down to it, so yeah, I kind of like that though, because Hercule Poirot, he's kind of like a jerk, and Kenneth Branagh was really cool and nice and gallant. So I was like, I, I don't know, I kind of almost rather spend time with this guy. Yeah, they do away with some of the effeminate finickiness, yeah, they just replace it with some other. I think they stuck with the the honor, yeah, and the you know, the justice that Poirot has. The try to try to make him more relatable. That's right, gave him more warmth, and he's more of a man afflicted with OCD than he is just a. a f- Feet. That's right. But even compared to the the recent OCD detective of yore, like Sherlock and all those kind of guys, they usually play up the like he's not good in social situations, but he sure is brilliant. And Kenneth Branagh was really he his Perot is good in social situations. Yeah, he's just yeah. a, he's a normal guy who also has a really good eye and little gray sails. I mean. That- that's kind of where it showed you one of the flaws in their representation, too, because while it gets annoying to see the isolated, weird detective who is antisocial, you had that one scene where he tried to convince you that he was tortured by his ability to see the little details of life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you never really saw him as a tortured person, except when he was like holding like a 13-year-old holding his picture of his old lover. <laughs> so, yeah, mm. Mi Katarina, mm. or the scene where he What, just, what does that mean? It, uh, well, per the helpful subtitle that they provided each time he said that phrase in the movie, it means my Catherine. Um, my Catherine. My Catherine. So it was hard to f- believe some of those moments. It, like mm-hmm. when um, he was lost and couldn't figure out this case. And so he was talking to his picture and he was like, I just, yeah. the world has no meaning anymore. So they give Poirot, which is this, is this canon? Does Poirot have a old uh, girlfriend or something? And he talks to her picture. I, I don't think so. I've read a lot of Poirot, and I remember no girlfriends. See, what's interesting, if you compare this to the Suchet version, with the Suchet version, what they do is they make him a a Catholic, Mm. and he's a (laughs) devoted Catholic. And so obviously the conflict comes from the fact that if he doesn't turn them in, it goes against everything he claims he believes. And you actually see the struggle. He yells, he gets angry, and the conflict and tension is there. And here, they have to try and create it for you, but it doesn't really work. No, it didn't really work. I didn't believe that there was a crisis, like you couldn't figure it out. It's a little hard to judge how this movie would play. I mean, if it's, you didn't know the ending. Yeah, it's so. That's true. You, knowing the ending really does hurt. I mean, I knew the ending when I watched the Albert Finney version. I don't remember a time where I didn't know the ending because this to me feels like one of those classic endings that you just know. The way I remember the Albert Finney one is that you just had a lot of fun with all that, all those great old actors mm-hmm. just like having a ball playing these rich, archetypal, ridiculous, colorful characters. And they kind of did that here, but I felt like nobody really got to cut loose except for uh, William Defoe had a couple good lines where it's just like, oh, William Defoe's a cool guy. Um, I thought try Mich- to let Daisy Ridley 
Yeah, I thought Daisy Ridley got more screen time than she deserved because she's a star of a really popular franchise film. And yeah, um, Mary Debenham gets more stuff in the book too. Does she? Yeah, yeah, she does. Not, I mean, they added things, but she's a little specialer in the book. I liked Michelle Pfeiffer as far as she went. I, I think she, she did really well. They didn't give her much to do, but she did a nice job. Yeah, she got stabbed in the back. She got stabbed in yeah. the back. <laughs> that was something. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I think as compared to the book, mm-hmm. um, you know, they change characters and they combine people. And I think that was all fine. I don't see a problem with that. I, some people object to things like that. But so You said yeah. that you made a distinction. Is it a good movie? Is it a good adaptation? Would mm-hmm. you say it was either one of those things? Well, the problem with adapting this book to a movie is the part of the book is that you know all 12 suspects equally well and that you suspect all of them. And the problem with a movie is that you can't you can't know all twelve of them equally well. I remember with the Finney that there was a part where a character appeared, and I thought, "Oh yeah, he was in the book, but where have you been until right now?" When all of a sudden it's the big reveal, and this this too fell like he was really it's a little better than that. I lost was, track of a couple of characters. The the lady that we were we all shed tears when she gave up her uh, phenobarbital uh, the count the count and countess I yeah, yeah. All about them before so they, they tried yeah they tried to bring them up at the beginning with him being violent so you'd remember them but i kept wondering the whole time where are the count and countess because yeah. i knew the book and i knew yeah i knew where they were supposed to be well he um, did the gymnastic yeah fight that, at the beginning <laughs> that, yeah that apparently he's like a famous ballet ball, dancer ballet, famous ballet dancer and like a on a diplomatic mission yeah and he's a count it's kind of weird added in the ballet dancer part so i think that part is this is just not an easy movie to make into a easy book to make into a movie yeah i don't really i don't know if anybody could really do it very well i thought the albert finney i haven't seen the Suchet one movie it's great i thought the albert finney one what they did in that version that i thought was nice is that to me it felt like they stacked the deck really nicely in the albert finney where it's like it's all stars of the same caliber and the same weight so you kind of it's like usually i can always identify the killer in any movie by oh and i've said this before i think i said it on our the episodes Mm -hmm. we did previously oh it's a name actor and he's playing the pharmacist well i'm gonna guess he's got a big speech where he's a serial killer at the end because why else would this guy agree to do the movie he doesn't just want to play the pharmacist but what was nice about the finney version was that Everybody, you know, it was people like Lauren Bacall, Sean Connery, folks like that is just like, you felt like they all had weight. And this one, I felt like Michelle Pfeiffer had some weight. William Defoe, against all odds, stole some weight just because he's awesome and yeah. put a little emotion into it. just a couple line readings that were nice. Um, well, his was an actual surprising, fun reveal that he had been lying, but it was actually an interesting lie. Yeah. yeah. Josh Gad had some weight when he fell. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. Nailed him. It had all those extra, there had to be more gunshots because we're making this movie in 2017. Mm. And there had to be more falling off of wooden buildings because... But you can tell that Kenneth Brown has no interest in because he doesn't stage those things well. He doesn't shoot yeah. them well. He doesn't edit them well. He, everything else is really d- done nicely. But the the fight scenes and the action scenes are just a bunch of quick TV cuts. Um, the cane. The cane, yeah. Becoming I mean, his weapon. His weapon. Yeah. And it's yeah, they were trying to... You mentioned the guy, Richie, Sherlock Holmes. They were trying yeah. to do some of that. Mm. Yeah. So that first scene where they changed it, they changed the whole reason he was there. Mm-hmm. Because he was actually there in the book. Wasn't he there for some British officer case? He was in the Middle East, yeah, for some 
He was yeah with the army. And then the guy ends up killing himself or something. So it's all it has a dark or is that, that just in that's the just in the souchet. That's just the you don't know much version. about it in the okay. But I think they're French actually. That's right because that sets the dark tone for the souchet mm-hmm. from the beginning. Yes, the fact that he kills himself right there. Right. So I think you had two options. You either go lighthearted where. It's all about the cast of characters, but you know that Poirot is going to get them in the end. There's no conflict. There's no mm-hmm. tension about that. Or you go the other route. If you try to go the middle route, which is what they did, the tension falls flat because you don't believe that Poirot can't figure it out. Right. I didn't. You don't believe that crisis at all. And you have to either do what Christie apparently does and just sweep the moral dilemma under the rug. I think that's a legitimate option if you're just like, this is a fun mechanical mystery that I devised because I wanted... I first came up with they all done it and then i worked backwards and it's fun to try and figure out that's that's legit and then equally legit would be the what apparently i guess Suchet does which is the the big catholic drama of it all and um yeah i'm not sure that's any i don't i'm not sure it works but it was definitely more interesting yeah this one tried to have the drama and then yeah you know he's willing to die because he'd rather die than we didn't live know this, why live this on, live this on his conscience except, except he wasn't because he was right. actually handing a, and it, an empty gun. I sort so of thought I think maybe all, all he all it would actually show is that someone was really actually willing to kill him and would reveal, reveal themselves as a real killer. Like if then, Michelle but, Pfeiffer had pulled the trigger, what would that do? Yeah, so it was a test for yeah. him to prove to himself that that none he of was them wrong. Were real killers. Yeah, and, and that's all it was. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing that the Suchet does well is there is all this tension. You can feel the moral dilemma, and he doesn't talk about it too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie talked about it too much. That's Lots right. of exposition. Mm-hmm. You see Very him praying the rosary, exposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and you see him at the end. He actually loses his temper and he locks them in the room. Right. And you, uh, it, it, I'm kind of talking myself into thinking of the Suchet version is the, <laughs> the best one, version yeah. of this because it actually deals with the moral dilemma. Even if he ends up with the same answer at the end, at least he doesn't like the answer. He right. does, he's not saying he did this with his heart. He's saying, I right. kind of hate myself for what I'm doing right now. Mm. And you feel the tension. And all that stuff about you all deserve to go on and yeah, live and better and lives because you really like, are good people. The beautiful Disney music as they're stabbing. The guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my favorite man. part. My heart will go on. <laughs> <laughs> Except yours won't. <laughs> <laughs> Just like brutal. Yeah, no, that, was a good, that was a good scene. Yeah, no, this movie really was, there was no, they always told and they never showed. They yeah. literally had a scene where he was, where Kenneth Branagh turned to some random stock side character and was like, I believe that the world must always be divided into perfect black and white. And any, I hope there's never a dilemma because that would throw my life into chaos. <laughs> Hashtag foreshadowing. Hashtag foreshadowing. <laughs> and then by the end of the movie, he was like, my life has been thrown into chaos. <laughs> because I, I had to choose see? a gray option. <laughs> right. That was neither black nor white. Right. <laughs> but with the heart. <laughs> yes. The great line, if you haven't seen the movie, the great line was what? Uh, I have been used to using my little gray cells. But World now, of reason and order yeah. and method. <laughs> now, instead of using the little gray cells... He had to use his heart, folks. What does your heart tell you about this movie, Jake? My heart tells me that this movie was terrible. Terrible? Really? Wow. I didn't think it was terrible. I kind of had a fun time. I liked the cinematography. I liked seeing the actors. It's always fun to see those actors. Um, The actors were pretty. I I will answer the question. Was it a good adaptation of Christie? Don't care. Sorry, Danny. (laughs) It's true. You don't care. (laughs) Um, It is true. I I don't want you to pretend. Yeah. I've become more calloused. I was being polite the first time that we recorded a podcast. You together. were trying to be nice yeah. to me. Now I feel like I can say whatever I want because 
really late. It's really late. Yeah, or I mean, early. Or early. Yeah. yeah. Which way you think of it? I don't know. I don't really care that much about Christy. As far as movies go, uh, it was pretty to look at. It passed the time well enough. Was it better than spending time with myself, thinking my own thoughts? Maybe on a bad day? It was a good like Saturday afternoon time killer, I guess is what I'm trying. Like, if I you- can't point to anything in particular, but it had some... I keep wanting to say it had some good Kenneth Branaghisms, like... The kinds of things that you like about Kenneth Branagh in mm. his movies, they were there, mm-hmm. but it just didn't all come like together. A, like a, clo- like a, a really... close-up of his eyes tearing up? <laughs> yes, <laughs> lots of close-ups of his <laughs> eyes tearing yes. up and him really emoting silently into the camera. What are the number one well, thing that, that actually we would have been that would have been better than more exposition. More exposition, <laughs> <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> more, more silent emoting. The train crash was handled well. Yeah. I didn't like the train crash, actually. Though, um, did anybody else realize that everyone else fell out of their beds and all their stuff fell out, but Ratchet was still perfectly in his spot? Oh, wow. (laughs) Dead in his bed. Mm -hmm. I wondered. I thought, oh, is he going to be thrown out of his bed? Nope, he wasn't. I think it was because he was in consistency in the hall thinking he was. Yeah, and uh, the the Spanish guy. Yeah. Who was actually Italian on the book. (laughs) Is that a line from the. Yeah, he said, Are we dead? Are we dead? Are we dead? This movie did feature the great Johnny Depp, everyone's favorite. You know, actor. I actually, I actually casting. liked him. That no, was great casting. I, I thought great he was casting. really good. I he think was his Ratchet's the best I've seen. The best of Ratchet. Yeah. He was yeah. definitely hateable, and it was good casting because everybody hates Johnny Depp because apparently he's some kind of yeah. But I didn't think like they gave us uh, that one part where they tried to show and not tell is they gave us some flashbacks to all the stuff with what you call it with Daisy the Armstrong, kidnapping. but they did not like. I, I thought that that part needed to be dark. Like, we needed to feel really sad and sorry for well, that what, family what in order Christy, for us to forgive all the murderers. And So th- I think they tried to do it by going deeper on Daisy Armstrong. What Christy did was, like, yeah, this was all about Daisy, but, like, this dude, this was his pattern. Like, yeah. he, 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 he did this over and over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again. It was his scheme to steal the children to kidnap the children of rich people ransom them take the ransom money kill the kid and move and on and he always got away with it and he that always was got yeah away one with of the it because he had because of his mob ties or whatever and one of the big clues in the book is that arbuthnot mentions a jury of 12 right mm. and they never talked about they that never at did all. and that's and that's what actually got him well you see that in the trailers 12 people 12 mm. passengers but um that's that wasn't important at all and that's why because they were they were trying to be they were trying to be just and they were trying to be right and doing a jury of 12 that's yeah. why they had 12 of them and it was twisted i mean twisted justice but they were trying in and the, that was just totally gone in, in the book true or false what's his face johnny depp goes to trial in the book for doing bad things he gets off on a technicality or he gets off by like or, giving a giving a hint about a tip about somebody else but the fact is like the justice system actually specifically fails that's right yes. which they yeah. did not make clear in the movie right. at all it kind of if you hadn't read the book you would be forgiven for thing maybe that you were actually supposed to think that johnny depp simply escaped to the continent or whatever that's and, sort of what it felt the movie yeah. felt like is he just sort of managed to get away like you know there was a false flag this what made or whatever mm-hmm. you know and he was able to slip the country before they ever put it together and even at the end like when Branagh's like or Poirot is like I finally solved dear Thomas Armstrong I oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> writing you now because I have an idea that you can somehow hear me hear me I finally got to the bottom of the nobody 
there was a trial. Everybody knew it was a trial. Everybody knew it was a thing. It was all in the papers. And he was able to walk away. Oh, yeah. There was this kind of hint of, here's an unsolved mystery I never got to do. But it's not even, yeah, it's like barely like, touched on. That it's supposed to be really a... really rang stupid at the end. Yeah, yeah it was... Well, and also, the I think the Countess and the Countess in the movie stupid. at some point said, or no, <laughs> was it the Doctor? I don't know. One of those characters said, I was actually just going to turn him in. And given the setup in the movie, it's like, why didn't you actually turn him in? If he simply fled from justice, then in order to get justice for this guy, you don't actually have to right about turn him in. stab him 12 times yeah. in some elaborate plot. You can just take him to the police, which you're in a perfect position to be able to do. There was also, not every movie can do everything, but I think in the, in the Suchet, I like that they do more flat flashbacks of those people as they were yeah. we actually get a connection with like oh you know you were the chauffeur they were the chauffeur well in here they dropped this you were the chauffeur the, sh- the I chauffeur say that word. <laughs> <laughs> you were the sh- chauffeur chauffeur and he gave you a loan so you can then and so you know, i feel indebted to him I don't know. There was more in the suchet of like yeah, actual family yeah. connections heart connections those emotional yeah bonds to the um, armstrong family or whatever that they tried to do in this one some I don't know. This movie felt really short and not It was short. It was short. Like, I wanted to spend a little bit more time getting to know the characters and... But it's an interesting point that he was... It was like he was always the benefactor. Like, he he Mm -hmm. allowed the chauffeur to start some motor company by giving him hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever it was. And he allowed the colonel to become a doctor. Yeah, yeah by sponsoring him to be the only black man to be able to be in the class that whatever. And it was like, he was like this is as much about Thomas Armstrong being this. I don't think his name was Thomas. That's what I remember it being, but maybe I'm wrong. John Armstrong. I thought it was John. Oh, well, okay, fine. John. I don't, I don't remember. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm going to fault Kenneth Branagh for not making a strong enough impression for me to know which way it was. I, so I think, I think this one is a nice, you know, if you're at home on an evening looking for a movie for a date night and it's free, sure, watch it. <laughs> or you pay a dollar. No right. That's right. Yeah, it, it, I think it was, It was. I believed that I was on a train. There were a couple times where there was some really, really well done cinematography. Even, you know, they're in, sitting in the tiny car and the camera's moving just a little bit. That made me feel like I'm on a train. Just little things like that. They were really well done. But if I you're felt sitting cold. at home and... A lot of the really great shots were in the trailer, though. So I felt like this movie. Trailer. Let's let's no, review the, tra- the, tra- the trailer. A plus A no, plus plus great plus. trailer. I yeah. could not keep track of the trailer. What the trailer's great? No, well, your little gray cells. No, I was I was I was trying to figure out all the twelve people were. Used that Imagine Dragon song. A genius. Which they did. They should have done in the credits. Note to Kenny B. They should have done it in the whole movie. Yeah, like that song should have just been playing on repeat. One of the one of the trailers before the movie used a similar like beat rhythm thing to establish their uh their trailer that would have been awesome if they had used that music it would have elevated the movie like a lot speaking of my heart will go on i'm pretty sure that was what they played in the credits wasn't it that was a <laughs> terrible <laughs> credit song been, yes. <laughs> yeah, sounded like it. <laughs> a bad actually, karaoke version i think old kenneth branagh kenneth branagh's kind of settled down into a good commercial he's the kind of guy that you can rely on to do an okay thor movie or whatever these days uh, he did a great by the way my favorite kenneth brown movie of all time a movie that i've watched three times now and have shed copious saline tears from my eyelids danny can you guess um nope it's about uh, jake can you guess i can you, you can give her a hint you should give her a hint pumpkin charlie brown glass 
Oh, Cinderella. Oh, that's Cinderella. good. Yeah, it's no, good. His version of Cinderella. It's really good. Wonderful. It's great. Wonderful. And it's because he's kind of cheesy and he just plays it straight, which yes. is what he did here. And he doesn't try and dress it up with anything, all that. You know, there's no, he doesn't try to add all these layers of psychological realism. He doesn't really give it any kind of a real, um, I mean, there's a little bit of maybe lip service to some modern y kind of feministy things, but it's, it's just the Cinderella story, but, basically. Yeah, and it's, it's really sweet. It's just really good. Yeah, it's really good. We watched My kids that, like uh, it. I like it. We should tell the story as long as we brought that up. We watched that with Jake's children. Oh, yes. <laughs> and um, Jake's children were very involved in the movie. That's right. And at one time... Uh, I have one child who is incapable of dealing with tension. <laughs> and every time we watch a we watch a movie of any kind, he's out of his seat. He's like he he's never on the edge of his seat. He's either sitting down or he's like up on his feet, bouncing up and down and he can't handle what's going on and maybe he needs to leave and maybe not. And so he was really intense during this. He was standing up through most of this movie and he you could It's always Ian, sit down. Yeah. Ian, sit down. And he's just like he loses himself in the moment in the movie and everything and he's just now he's uh what uh 14 years old no what is he he's uh <laughs> he's six he's six yeah uh so that gives you a little bit more context in case you needed it cinderella's coach he's watching on the edge of his seat and then cinderella's coach crashes and he stands up and turns around puts his hands in the air and goes no <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Uh, the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my entire life. He was really invested in this Cinderella Straight story. Straight out of a cartoon. He's, that's so sweet. <laughs> Why did I bring that up? Oh, just because we were talking Kenneth about Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, that movie's great because it's simple, it's sincere, it's not afraid to just play the Cinderella story. But with the one. an actual innocent, sweet Cinderella yeah, without she's just, trying to like make her multi-dimensional she's not all uh, she's not a feminist like that horrible drew barrymore in that movie that everybody likes but not me you like that movie of course you do you like that movie i called it i grew up loving that movie everybody grew up loving that movie myself included some of us repented of our movie but uh, ever after after. it's kind of it's pretty good yeah, it's got Drew Barrymore. It has uh, Da Vinci in it, Leonardo Da Vinci. Yep, <laughs> Drew, Drew Barrymore and Leonardo <laughs> Da Vinci. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and features uh, Utopia, the book. Zootopia. Yep. Utopia. Utopia. The book. Yep. Please, never, never Zootopia. Yep. The the inspiration for the great film Zootopia, which I've not seen, but Ugh. I guess people say yeah, or they like it a lot. Blah. Blah. Probably blah. Jake blah. Never seen it. Never seen it. Brandon, Kids have blah, seen blah, it. Blah. Blah. Yeah. blah. Just kind of a meh. Meh slash blah. Meh. I think Amanda Meh. watched Meh. it with me. Meh There's a... Meh blah. It's a feminist rabbit. There's, there's, an, an, there's an animal nudist colony. It's so oh, weird. There is. Is there an, was, there an yeah. movie? Um, Everyone forgets about that part when they're like, yeah, it's okay, movie. And then I'm like, it's that nudist colony. They're like, oh, yeah, it's a really weird part. <laughs> That's right. Okay. I like to think about things out of context. That would just be a fun. That was just a fun clip to think about out of the. Uh, I don't know. I can't you put it in the trailer. Yeah, I'll put the, it in the trailer for the for the for the lookening for the lookening. Yes, the lookening. Thanks. Good job, Danny. Happy birthday. You're welcome. Twenty nine years, folks. She's been saying gems like that, dropping gems like that, saying wonderful bon mots. We oui. we. Oui. I don't know what else to say about this. We're gonna thing, rank them, guys. What? Rank them. <clears throat> Brennan. Rank what? Oh, the adaptations. Cinematic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can do this. Um, and Kenneth the, put the book in there. Oh, the oh. book as well. Yeah. Okay. So, mm. Is it fair? No. No, it's not fair. Welcome to the booking. Oh, so I'll put the book at number one then. Um, oh, just, wow. just because you're making me do it. I'm pulling. <laughs> here's what I'm hoping for. Let me tell you. I'm hoping that Jake 
doesn't do that. But Jake's only seen the Kenneth Branagh movie, which means he has to do that. Crap. Uh, no, it doesn't. It's possible Jake That's might true. like could, Kenneth Branagh. I've already, I've already figured it out. I've got my fingers the crossed Kenneth that Jake will come movie, through for me. Even though it's not horrible, mm-hmm. is at the bottom. Then okay. the Albert Finney. Then the Suchet. And then the book. That was going from bottom to top. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> bottom to top. Okay. So, First of all, the great <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> talking Branagh about how much is my least it. favorite. Even though I'll, I'll watch it again, I'm sure. But it's my least favorite. Wait, why are you I sure you watch it again? Oh, you've got a wife. wife will want to see it. Yeah, your wife will want to see it. Albert Finney. I don't really remember much about it, but it was fun. And Suchet, and then, yeah, the book. Here we go. And then the book. All right. Here we'll keep the Jake suspense going a little longer. Uh, book last, because it takes six hours. Uh, never seen the Suchet. Assuming it's the best. Because I like Suchet as Poirot, and I like his... Uh, so I'm going to put that at number one. Albert Finney, number two. Um, and uh, what's that other one? Oh, Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> that would, not the most memorable movie. Um, we are talking about a movie, guys, that no one will care about, I would say, in about two months from now. I guess it'll come out on DVD, and maybe they'll do a little mm-hmm. marketing push. If, and, if Netflix picks it up. Yeah, but this is the kind of thing that no one will talk about or care about. This episode, obviously, the booking is going to last for another 50 years, but this episode uh, is going to have a shelf life. Yeah, I, I saw something where Kenneth Branagh was like, yeah, I was hoping that this would kickstart me as Poirot and other Poirot films. I think that's what his little My Dear Catherine thing is definitely, because it is barely touched on. I think it's something that would pop up in another movie. I thought that was just but, a bad screenwriter trying to add some some pathos no. out of nowhere. I think he was trying to trying to give teasing his character that you'd uh, want to see more. The character. Yeah. Danny, That's my, your ranking? I'd put the book first. Okay. Put the Suchet next. Suchet I think next. I'd put the Branagh next. Oh, I did not. Uh, no, well, so here's oh, the thing. Oh, no. I watched Scrooge okay. starring Albert Finney. One of the worst movies ever This made. winter. Yeah, terrible. And unfortunately, Finney's Poirot reminded me a lot of Finney's Scrooge. That's oh. not, uh, well, I guess that is Albert Finney's fault, but mm-hmm. that Scrooge is um, so, so, front so to I, mankind. I know. So I really, yeah. I didn't, I really didn't like his Poirot, which then, I mean, I, I love Sean Connery and all, lots of other people in that movie, but his Poirot just grated on my nerves. But that was unfortunate. I, I, I literally remember this much about that. Yeah. And I also, I remember that one also thing. being not as well developed in the story and a lot more like we've got a lot of people and we've got to make it sure they all did it just not as well crafted i think even as the the brano oh man i know right well like i would much i would for sure watch the brano again before the finney really yeah that is incorrect you lose points you're supposed to say Um, what false 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 (laughs) incorrect um I don't agree with that. Jake, your ranking, sir. I'm going to put at number four ah! the Branagh film. Okay. It's the least thing that you'd ever... So the way I'm going to rank these is what you do what's going to be most likely my next encounter with Murder on the Orient Express. That's, ah, I like okay. that. I like that. And so Branagh film is going to be number four. Right. And uh, the book's It's also be... the one that you just watched yeah. a couple hours ago. Exactly, yeah. But this is how I'm able to... to to satisfy Nathan here. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Okay, good. so work with me. <laughs> Number three is going to be the book. You'd and rather then, spend eight or six hours reading that book again. I don't want to push things because I know you're working with me here, but let me just ask the question. You can answer it however you want. I can see myself 
Now, the truth is I will watch the Branagh film before I read the book again, but that's only because it'll be on Netflix and Amanda will be like, oh yeah, I wanted to see that. Mm -hmm. And you guys talked about it and I never got to see it and and we'll watch it together and I will never read the book again. But if it were my personal preference, I can, just me on an island, I can see myself wanting to read (laughs) the book. With a DVD player. Does this island have electricity? (laughs) Um, Yes. Yes, it has electricity and Blu-ray players and uh, an extensive Blu-ray collection yeah is this long, long island, island. <laughs> 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 this is Jake's island situation <laughs> so you're in a swanky all apartment my, on long island <laughs> all my island situations are either long island or the bahamas uh, or hawaii hawaii right. yes manhattan fuji yeah and the, the great island fuji. of manhattan fiji yeah. fiji yes <laughs> did i say fuji, fuji. yeah it's like a film company right? film apples yeah. fuji apples <laughs> uh Anyhow, I could see myself w- wanting to pick the book up again for beach reading before I mm-hmm. actively seek out the Kenneth Branagh film again. And so then it's down to what I see the Suchet version or the uh, Albert Finney version first. Our hearts are in our throats. Yeah. And that's just going to come down to ease. Whoever's on Netflix or whatever. Well, yeah. guess who's on Netflix? What is on Netflix? Suchet. Oh, is it? Yeah. The Suchet nice. murder is on Netflix? Well, the Suchet murder? The su- the su- <laughs> You're going to kill Suchet. It does add extra, <laughs> extra intrigue to the fact that Suchet was murdered and they put the it on su- Netflix. Suchet murder on the Orient Express. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. I it was italicized. To, to, we missed yes. the italics. <laughs> yeah, you sure didn't slipped up there, Jake. <laughs> 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 no one could understand what you were trying to say. Well, I didn't know that, so I was gonna I was gonna put the Finney one at the top because it's at like the top of the iTunes thing right now, and that's very easy and accessible to just open up. Huh. You know, Apple TV. I have Apple TV. Open it up and flip up movies, and there it is, right there. I do not uh, have I, any of those things. But if you the Suchet version is on Netflix, then maybe it that's, was not too long ago. Okay, well it might. Well, I don't well know. Wait, given the recommendation of everybody here, plus. The availability on Netflix. I'm going to put Suchet at number one. Sounds like Suchet wins. Suchet wins? Yeah. He's going to win no matter what, I think. (sighs) We'll award him 50 points. Danny lost two points for something. I forget what. Nathan lost 100 points for not reading the book. Yeah. On the book I gained like 900 minutes by not reading the book. 900, that's a lot of I'm a really slow reader. <laughs> but I mentioned, George, the fact that I can't actually read. Oh, man. I was going to have to sound out the words. <laughs> that's like, it's like thir- 15, 15 hours. <laughs> oh, that's probably how many episodes close reads will have on it. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, well, David and Angela, if you're listening, we hope we elucidated your experience of murder on the Orient Express. All right. If someone has a choice, they can either watch the Kenneth Branagh version or die by being stabbed 12 times by 12 different people. What do you tell them to do, Danny? Watch the movie. That's right. You heard it here first, folks. Watch the Kenneth Branagh version. Jake? I'm going to go with this. The same answer. Yeah. The same answer? Yeah. yeah Brandon, would you rather watch the Kenneth Branagh version or be stabbed 12 times while cheerful piano music tells everyone how wonderful it is that you're being stabbed 12 times? Hmm. That's kind of a dramatic way to die. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I'll go with watch the movie. Watch the movie. But I'd, um, I, I kind of like the movie. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'd watch half the movie and be stabbed six times. How about that? Um, 
And once in the back. <laughs> once in the back. Because you, you liked the movie so much. I didn't like the movie that much. I liked Kenny B. I would watch more Kenny B movies. Here's a question. Danny, would you watch more Kenny B movies about the great uh, Hercule Poirot? That's a good question. Um, I'd probably watch more. Would you watch... I hear that someone was murdered on the Nile. Okay, that... Mm. <laughs> How'd you like that? Uh, mm. The, mm. Folks, if you haven't seen the movie, it literally ends with some guy running up to Poirot and being like, Mr. Poirot, there's been a murder on the Nile. Says, yeah. On the bloody Nile. On the bloody Nile. There was a death um, on the Nile. In Death on the Nile, Poirot is on the boat when the person is killed. So really, just clumsy. Like, clumsy. oh, hey, look. It's like they're we can throw out the Nile and everyone will go, ha, ha, ha. It's the yeah. one other book by Agatha Christie they might have heard of. Besides, right. And then there were none. Does Sorry, they ever say that? This is going to be yeah. a movie next year. Yeah, is it? Yeah. yeah. Starring Kenny B? No, there's no Poirot. No, no, no. Starring uh, Jennifer Lawrence. No. The chick Batman. is the plum role in that. Ben Affleck. Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. Now, that's another one where you have to get to know all the characters. Wait, Ben I, Affleck I is going to be Hercule Poirot? No, no, no. no, no. And then the Ronan is no Poirot. There's just oh, I, I was totally lost. I thought we were talking <laughs> saying that the... Ben Affleck is Poirot. That'd be interesting. <laughs> they purposely I, I set up think... the sequel where Ben Affleck is going to play Poirot. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Poirot, I thought Branagh might be a little tall to be Poirot. I thought Branagh was tall. I thought he was completely out of character from the Poirot I know, and I loved him. I thought the script failed him. I thought the script was terrible. I thought all the attempts at giving him pathos and everything were terrible. I thought all the exposition about, like, I want the world to be like this, but actually people stab Johnny Depp 12 times, and I can't handle it. That was terrible. But uh, I always enjoy Kenny B and anything, usually, and I liked him. I liked this character. I would, I would, if somebody was just like, here's a show starring a guy playing a detective called something else you know kenneth branagh's belgian detective i would watch that with a weird mustache i'd yeah. watch that mm-hmm. i probably would too so yeah i liked kenny b i liked kenny b as burrow or i liked kenny b in the movie as kenny b and kenny b liked movie uh, kenny b uh, too kenny b included <laughs> yes. lots of close-ups of kenny b kenny b loves kenny b kenny b loves kenny b i think that's we can... the one thing that shines through <laughs> in every in every kenny, kenny b. b movie yep Except for Cinderella, which is incidentally his best film. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) You've heard it a billion times, folks. Nobody cares. Um, Go to patreon.com forward slash the booking. Now, Brandon, you've got some special information for us. Isn't that right, sir? That's right. We've got a friend of Warhorn Media. Friend of Warhorn Media, Joffrey the Giant. Just... Jeff, Jeff, Joffrey Swate. Joffrey Swate, the great yeah. Joffrey Swate, a friend of the show, I would say, and a friend of Warhorn Media. So Jake's going to say something. Jake's going to say yeah, something. Yeah, he's got a new book on poetry out, and uh, you should check it out. Yeah, I, you should. What's the name of the, of, of the book again? Well, well Met, Met, Poems yeah. of Companionship. We turned I turned to just one random one here and thought it was nice. It was a haiku, true yeah. or false, yeah. Florida Freeway Haiku. Let's hear it. When we hit the Indian town exit going south... Heat lightning out to sea. It's a nice little sharp image there. I thought that was pretty good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. The nice yeah. haiku. Good job, Joffrey. Yeah, good job, yeah. Joffrey. Look cool. forward to reading it. Buy yeah. a copy for your friends. I hear they make great stocking stuffers. That's right. Uh, buy a buy a copy for your friends for your uh, for your wife, Danny. Would it be would 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 if 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 Alex was to say Happy birthday, honey? I thought ahead. I got you ten copies of Well Met by Joffrey the Giant. Would you kiss him? I'd always kiss him. <laughs> just in general. You know, yeah, yeah. I just I just like kissing him. You just like kissing him? I do. All right. Well. It's true. 
On the record. On the record. <laughs> You're willing to go on the record. <laughs> we only ask the hard questions here. Uh, uh, Brennan, you like kissing your wife? <laughs> Jake? Yes, I do like kissing my wife. Your wife, yes. I'm glad you specified. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked that whether, <laughs> over, whether or not I like kissing Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I thought you were going to No, no, no. I don't, I don't, <laughs> nobody here cares for kissing Alex except for the great Danny McNeely, and glad we are of it. Uh, uh, outro time. Abitrode? Outro. Outro. Outro time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening to the booking, everybody. Join us next next week. We'll be, uh, Danny, you want to know what we're doing next week? I'm, I'm on pins and needles. You're on pins and needles. <laughs> right. We make all our guest stars actually sit in beds of pins and needles. That's why I'm trying to rush this along. We feel it brings out the best in them. We'll be announcing our book list. Oh, that's really exciting. Yeah. You want to take a guess what's on there? Mm, um, the House at Pooh Corner. False. Okay. Um, Dr. Seuss. False. False. Mansfield Park. Whoop, 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 whoop. I cannot tell. I don't know. Maybe. Bleak House. Maybe. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> Can you get a third? Shakespeare. I'm not giving you any points for that. (laughs) In fact, I'm deducting points. Um, And I'm deducting points for your whoop whoop. Did not care for that at all. I thought it was kind of dubstepish. (laughs) No, it was not very dubstep. I don't know. It might have been dubstep. If you can get one more, which your husband should be able to help you out. The great, uh, the the he's got the whole list over there. Old uh, Alex McNeely, the uh, a very kissable gentleman. I'm told. (laughs) <laughs> likes to likes to be kissed. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. What? The big sheep. The big sheep. Okay, yeah, yeah. My favorite novel, the big sheep. <laughs> I love the big sheep. <laughs> the great detective novel, the big sheep. It actually sounds like a picture book. Yeah, it is. It's like six pages long for those block books. <laughs> <laughs> now it will it have to be the looking aim then. The looking aim for book. the big sheep. Yeah. <laughs> the big sheep. <laughs> Hey, Danny, thanks for being on. Happy birthday. Thanks for having me. I hope you join us again sometime. Me too. When you turn 30. Woohoo. And 31. Woohoo. And on into the centuries. <laughs> on into wow. the centuries. I hope we're all vampires condemned to do this forever. <laughs> False. False. <laughs> <laughs>